everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Vegan Proteins, Muscles by Brussels Radio. My name is Danny, And I'm Giacomo. And this is our 52nd episode. All right, so by the time this episode comes out, I believe we will have just wrapped up the Worcester Veg Fest. I think it's called the New England Veg Fest now. Yeah. Uh, which is a local one to us. It's in Worcester, Mass. And Robert Cheek is coming out here and staying with us for that weekend. Or maybe I should be speaking in the past tense as I say this. But uh, it is one of our favorite veg fests in the whole country. And not just because it's local, but it's actually a really awesome veg fest. And one of the only ones that we go to regularly still. Yeah, we. I think we went... I want to say their second or third year of being established and they've come they've grown so much mm-hmm. i mean the first time we went to the we tabled at their veg fest i should say they were it was in a cafeteria in a school i believe no the first one was at an airport no 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 further back really oh yeah okay veg, i remember that we were in a basement one year like a cafeteria that, basement yeah and then another year it was in an airport, which was the weirdest VegFest location ever. But now it's it's just huge now. Hopefully, telling my future self, hopefully we stood in the line for some tasty vegan treats. That line wraps around the entire VegFest. No matter which VegFest they go to, it's out of control. I feel like it's they need to... It's a two-hour some... line. And But everyone waits in it. It's worth it. <laughs> I don't know. If you get, maybe we'll, maybe we'll get there. Well, we'll be setting up because we'll be at the vegan bodybuilding table. So yeah. I'll just pop right in that line and take one for the team from the get go. Uh, yeah, but I know that this episode is going to be coming out uh, kind of late, and hopefully, when it comes out, it'll almost be irrelevant. I hope that nothing else happens between now and then to make this episode more relevant, but. We, I mean, it, it has to be talked about, even though it's been talked about to death. We have to talk about all of the recent, very famous ex-vegans. You know, it's it's the craziest thing. I feel like it comes and goes in waves for some reason. I don't understand why. You know, it seems like we'll just have a period of a year or two or whatever, where you don't really hear much of anything about people going vegan and then and then for whatever reasons they stop being vegan and then they feel, you know, they talk about how veganism didn't work for them for whatever. Um, but then other times out of nowhere, it'll just be like a slew of like two or three really, you know, big names in the, uh, you know, whether they have a big social media presence or fitness presence or whatever. And yeah, lately I feel like we had... I mean, we'll, we'll just go ahead and throw some names out there. Like Ravana, I think she made some real big waves when she she talked about how she's not vegan anymore. Well, she didn't. I mean, she didn't talk about it. She got caught Ugh. and then had to talk about it because she got caught. God, this reminds me of like the crap back in the days. I want to say like 15 years ago when we first went vegan. This was going down a couple times where people were getting caught, you know, going out there and selling a specific kind of... Uh, uh, I like to call it dietary dogma, but whatever, like like just some sort of extreme version of veganism. They would sell it to a group of people and people would drink the Kool-Aid and then all of a sudden they'd be caught somewhere like chowing down on a pizza with cheese or a hamburger or McDonald's or something like that. Did you remember that? Back Va- in- vaguely. 
But I feel like it's different now. Mm. And, okay, so there was this... For those who are not in the know, which Giacomo actually doesn't really keep up with this. And to be honest, I had not heard of the vast majority of these people. But there were all of these, like, YouTube stars slash influencers um, who basically all kind of stopped being vegan at once. And it caused a ton of, of ripples and waves. And um, it's really, really upsetting for so many reasons. But I think before we even get into why all of these people failed, essentially, I really think we have to play semantics here. And... I don't think any of these people were actually vegan to begin with. Like I've heard some people say, and I kind of like it is <laughs> there's no such thing as an ex vegan because vegan is it's a, it's a lifestyle. It's a system of beliefs. Like it's a way that you live your life. It's an ethical choice to harm as little as possible and not use animals for any of your own personal reasons. So what veganism isn't is a diet. Not eating animal products is just one piece. Granted, it's the piece that we uh, sort of come up against most frequently because we eat many, many times a day and it's probably the most public, but it's just one piece of actually being vegan. And if you are just eating a vegan diet, then you are a plant-based eater, not vegan. Yeah, I can agree with that. I mean, it's, and it's kind of hard too, because it's, when you hear someone throwing out the word vegan, but they're doing it strictly for health-based reasons, it's kind of hard to not rally with them. Yeah. Right, I think we're. I think we're. I think as, on the whole, I think the vegan community in general has been guilty of that many times over. Yeah. You know, what celebrity just you know goes vegan, tries vegan for thirty days, and all of a sudden they're vegan. Like, yeah, they? hold hold your horses there, yeah. hold your horses. But at the same time, anybody, whether they're vegan or not, anybody taking a step towards a more plant-based lifestyle is something that we should be happy about. So I am not downplaying anybody who just like does a meatless Monday or cuts animal products out of two of their three meals per day or, or whatever. Like I am happy about all of that, but it's not vegan. Danny Taylor smashing the judgy, holier-than-thou type complex because there, there is a lot of that out there. But it's, it, I feel like non-vegans, they feel like, and I mean, I guess some people do have of like a, like a superiority complex when it comes to their morals, but I would say you'd be surprised just how many, just how much of the community is not like that at all. It's just, those are the ones that you wind up hearing about the most. Well, I mean, it might sound a little bit like superior, like, oh, we're vegan and you're a plant-based eater. Uh, but I just think that it's so important, like in a world where we are the vast minority and many, many, many people are just looking for a reason to poke holes in what we do. Like, oh, well, you, you know, you're going to, 
you're not going to eat animals, but you're still going to wear leather shoes and a leather belt buckle and a leather belt buckle uh, and a leather belt. And you're still going to do this, that, or the other things that are obviously using animals, but we're not eating them. Like it needs to be made clear that that is not a vegan lifestyle. A vegan lifestyle is very much so all encompassing. And that is obviously uh, what Giacomo and myself are and identify as, and we've been vegan for, I've been vegan for 17 years and you're literally like right behind me, right? 15 this year, as of this year, yeah. Uh, so we've been vegan for a very long time. And that doesn't mean that we've never slipped up or like accidentally eaten something that maybe had dairy or egg in it. Like uh, Giacomo took a bite out of a, a grape leaf several years back that had lamb in it. Like shit happens and you do the best that you can and you make the most educated choices you can, but it's all encompassing. So when you hear about these huge name people who quote, stop being vegan. And when we get into the list of reasons, it's so asinine. Literally all of these reasons are just so asinine that it's like you clearly weren't vegan in the first place because if you were actually like living this lifestyle, then you would have seen that there were a lot of ways around this within the frames of a vegan lifestyle, you know? So yeah, I do think that playing semantics here really, really does matter actually. Yeah. And you know, circling back to what Danny was talking about with, you know, we should celebrate people's decisions and people's choices to look to do less harm, whether they're doing it strictly for their own benefit, for health-based purposes, whether they're doing it because they have a, an ethical standpoint that they want to act on. You know, they want to consume fewer animals or animal products or wear less animal made uh, products made from animal whatever the reasons are like we should still celebrate that like it's not an all or nothing kind of community it's just like okay well this is someone that's transitioning over to veganism or is eating more plant-based like whatever i think there's room for those people um within the community like it should we should be more welcoming put it that way i mean but it's still not vegan so now that all being said, we have to come to the defense of veganism and a vegan diet here in the face of a lot of the claims that some very famous people have said about being vegan and how it screwed them up, basically. Uh, it's, it, it, it needs to be said. And I know that there are a lot of other people making YouTube videos and various articles and podcasts doing the exact same thing. But in times where so many people are like, I went vegan for three days and like almost died. Um, we need people who are like, Hey, I've been vegan for multiple decades and I'm still here and I'm thriving just fine. Uh, we need that. 
right, guys. So I want to let you know we have our next 12-week vegan fat loss course starting up on June 1st, which is coming up really soon. So what it is, is it's a 12-week self-guided vegan fat loss program. So we don't just custom calculate your macros and give you workouts, which we definitely do that, but we also provide you with educational videos almost every day of this program. So you not only get the results that you want, but you learn how and why you're getting the results that you want. You'll also have access to our private meal planner and over a hundred high protein and macro friendly vegan recipes that you can drag and drop to create shopping lists and see what best fits your macros. You'll also be added to our private coaching community online. And you'll also get a copy of my ebook, flexible dieting for vegans so that you can learn all about how to count your macros before you even begin. So we are offering a special discount specifically to muscles by Brussels radio listeners. So if you are interested in that, you can go ahead and go to bit.ly slash vegan fat loss course. And the coupon code for you guys is MBB radio. And that gets you $25 off of the program. Of course, if you have any questions, don't hesitate to shoot them at us at info at veganproteins.com. So, okay. One of the common threats. So first of all, I had only ever heard of Ravana out of all of this list of people. So I'll, I'll rattle them off, but I really don't know who they are other than the research that I did after they came out as being ex-vegan and it was this big thing. So Ravana, that's probably the one everybody's heard of at this point. Tim Sheaf, Bonnie Rebecca, Kalel Raw Alignment, and Stella Ray. And maybe some others, but that's just what I got really, really quickly. And there were definitely common threads among every single one of them and how they did quote unquote veganism. Every single one of these folks got into a vegan life, a vegan diet for health reasons. So they did it for their health. They are what we call health vegans. You know, they didn't go vegan for the ethical reasons. They didn't go vegan for the environmental reasons. They went vegan for health reasons. Uh, so many of them came into veganism already with some major or minor health concern that they kind of wanted to tackle. And that is why they eliminated meat, fish, dairy, eggs, whatever. Which is fine. Totally. Uh, Giacomo got into veganism for health. That, uh, that's true. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I, I, I got into veganism for health and performance-based reasons, but eventually... I mean, definitely before I started promoting a vegan lifestyle, for sure. I mean, granted, nobody was promoting much of any... People were not promoting much of anything way back when, 15 years ago. It wasn't like it is these days where it's like, you know, everyone's creating their and curating their own content. But, um, but yeah, even still, it's not like I was shouting at the top of the mountain, go vegan or anything like that until I had a reason to until until I was exposed to the ethical side of things. And if you've been vegan for more than, well, that's not true. I mean, at some point you're gonna get exposed to it, especially in this day and age. Mm -hmm. If you're, if you have a loud voice and an audience and you're using the word vegan, you're going to get exposed to the ethical side of things. And if you're not making that connection, maybe like not use the word vegan to talk about who you are and what you do because it's, it, because it's not one of those, it shouldn't have to be one of those catch-all words for you to gain an audience. I mean, like, if you have a big enough audience as it is, don't exploit other people's emotions because they have an ethical, um, an eth they're motivated ethically to promote others who are vegan, you know? It's like their tribe and, they, and they're happy to see their voice 
grow. Well, that's another issue entirely is that every single one of these people definitely profited from the fact that they were vegan. And that's just like a separate thing that really burns my ass. But maybe we'll get into that later. Maybe we won't. But, you know, they all came to this with a health concern or whatever. And I don't think that it's fair to expect a vegan diet to cure everything. You know, I think there are a lot of health markers that can and likely will improve when somebody does um, ditch dairy, eggs, and meat and eats more produce. I think most people will have improved health markers like, like cholesterol. And that's great. But to think that a diet, uh, uh, any diet, to expect any diet to cure you is pretty ridiculous. And I'm not saying that a diet cannot cure certain things. Um, a lot of people reverse their diabetes with diet and exercise alone for sure. But again, this is an ethical choice with a lot of health benefits for sure, but you can't just expect it to fix everything about you. And I'm talking about a well-rounded, very healthy and balanced vegan diet, which of course, None of these people did. None of these people did them. Of the one, two, three, four, five, six people that I'm looking at here, four of them did water fasts. You're right. I suppose a water fast is vegan. It's also stupid. Like unless you're in a medical center being uh, supervised by a medical doctor like a water fast, that's not a vegan diet. That's a water fast for Christ's sake. Like, what do you expect is gonna happen with a water fast? Well, secondly, I mean, we've, we've talked about fasting before. You, I'm sure everyone knows our stance on it by now, but just to reiterate, you know, water fasting is something, in my opinion, that would be, I don't wanna say a last resort, but should be something to even, like if you're even considering it, my opinion is that is if is if you're I don't want to say terminally ill, but like you're in really you're in a really really bad state health wise. This is not like oh you know I I have acne so I'm gonna water fast and detox. Like if you're considering <laughs> fasting, it's because you're seriously seriously ill, and you know you don't really have many options. And again, that's not like a decision that I think anybody should be making on their own without a medical professional. You know, mm -hmm. I, I certainly don't know enough about it to be like, this is a good idea or this is a bad idea. But I think that for somebody just sitting around their house trying to think of ways to get YouTube hits, I think a water fast is probably a pretty stupid thing to do. And I'm not talking about these people did a water fast for 24 hours. Like, shit, I could not eat for 24 hours. I'm talking 25, 35 days of water only. And then shockingly enough, they didn't feel their best after that. Go figure. So there are a variety of complaints that people had. Gut issues, skin issues. A few people said they had vitamin and mineral deficiencies without actually like getting, or at least talking about the tests that they got done. But guess what? You get vitamin and mineral deficiencies when you don't eat anything for a month. Hello? like. This is not a vegan diet. This is you didn't eat, you moron. Sorry, I'm getting really heated. But 
How anybody could say this is because of a vegan diet is ridiculous. Um, my favorite complaint was that they were really craving salmon. Like, say what? Jesus. Uh, the other thing that people did, so along with water fasting, there were juice fasts. Uh, four out of the six were raw foodists specifically, which meant they did not eat cooked food, which eliminates so many food groups. Well, I, I got to stop you right here. Um, if nothing else, uh, well, pause that rant and we can carry on with that in a minute. But oh, just so ranty. I'm so <laughs> I know. Ranty. It's, it's so easy to go down like a, a diatribe where we're just ranting for the next, you know, 30 minutes or whatever about this because it's, it's enraging, you know. Um, but I guess I want to just really drive this point home. Veganism, or, or moreover, even a plant-based diet, contrary to belief, it is not an exclusionary diet. You know, it's not an elimination diet. And too many people wind up gravitating towards veganism by default, or being plant-based by default, because they are experimenting with their own nutrition and they're looking to eliminate things to see if they can figure out how nutrition is serving them or not. And honestly, I eat, and I've said this before and I'll say it time and time again, I eat a much, much, much wider variety of foods now than I ever did before I was vegan. And I'm not saying that to toot my vegan horn or to promote the movement, it's the truth. You get used to the way that you ate when you grow up, you wind up eating like that as an adult and you don't really venture out far too much. And while while I don't have, you know, eggs and cheese and meat, like animal-based um, foods anymore, I still, I have all kinds of variety uh, and and far more variety of nutrients in my diet now. So ba bottom line is veganism is not an elimination diet. And if you're approaching it like that, bottom line is veganism is not an ex elimination diet. But you were a raw foodist, Giacomo, for almost three years. Is that right? Roughly, yeah. Okay. How you felt then versus how you feel now like you were very very strict and like kind of along the lines of what some of these folks were doing here um and i think we all have to sort of find our own path but since you kind of went through a lot of what these folks did wh what do you feel like are the differences between then and now well i think the first thing i'd want to do is explore why i made that decision in the first place to try out raw foodism it's because you know i wanted to feel like i belonged to a community back then and in new york city like the raw food movement was really big 15 years ago and everyone kind of wants to just find community i think you know we're just social creatures by nature so that was reason number one and reason number two i don't know i mean honestly my mental health wasn't the best back then you know uh, if i'm just keeping it real here Right, we all go through our periods of time where we have mental health struggles, and um, and for those, you know, that left me vulnerable to looking for a community and looking for a cure to just feel better. So there's that. But even that aside, just nutritionally speaking, I showed signs of nutrient deficiencies back then. Um, you know, my hair wasn't the healthiest, for example. 
not going to go too off tangent over there. We'll leave it at that. Going forward these days, um, I, well, first off, socially, <laughs> life is way better. Socially, life is way better. And moreover, aside from not having any nutritional deficiencies, I have had the fortunate ability to have the healthiest relationship with food now that I have ever had in my entire life. And I only see that getting better uh, over time. And I did not see, even in hindsight, I did not, I do not see that there was a way to do that while consuming a raw food diet, like making that a part of my lifestyle. And honestly, I think that as far as a raw food diet goes, you did it better than most, to be honest, um, because I see a lot of raw food diets who they're not just eating only raw food, they're eating only raw food and then specifically trying to hit an 80-10-10 ratio of 80% carbs, 10% fat, 10% protein, which essentially means they're eating fruit all day and maybe one bunch of greens. And uh, you were eating lots of nuts and seeds. You were even sprouting mung beans. I remember that and eating a ton of spirulina for the protein content. So you were eating more of a bodybuilder macronutrient split just raw foods. It was ridiculous. But again, you were doing it better than most. So these folks here mostly were doing raw foods. So they were excluding things like legumes completely. So no beans whatsoever. That means no tofu, no tempeh, no seitan, no edamame, um, no potatoes, no sweet potatoes, no grains. So, you know, excluding so many plant-based food groups. And then the kicker is that most of them were also specifically doing what I just said, high carb, low fat, and in many, many cases, no fat. And fat is critical for digesting, I'm sorry, absorbing certain vitamins and minerals and also critical for hormone health and brain health. So it's no wonder that after many, many months of doing this, that you feel like shit. Ravana lost her uh, menstrual cycle for two years after that 30 day water fast or whatever um, of eating in this way. And it's not surprising. It's not surprising. That's not a vegan diet. That's not getting enough fats and likely not getting enough calories because it's very hard to get enough calories on a raw food diet if you're not paying attention, especially if you're excluding fat sources. Well, it's sad. It is sad. And it's ironic. It's ironic because I think that more often than not, what we're looking for is a cure for the way that we feel about ourselves or, you know, the way that, uh, you know, wh wherever our mental health is, like it's not the best for whatever reasons. And we try to cure that through food and we try to keep it physical and we try to change our food sources. And what we wind up doing is we just feed our illness mm -hmm. by having more nutritional deficiencies that weren't even there in the first place when really it was our, our body image that we were concerned about or, you know, or our thoughts around our thoughts and our, our relationship with food or surrounding food that we were concerned about you know we were all this time we we're like well food is a cure food is a cure i'll just you know i'll just eliminate this and i'll eliminate that and i'll eat the healthiest foods possible and i'm just gonna thrive i'm just gonna live forever and it's just not and then you wind up shooting yourself in the foot and you become more unhealthy than you have ever have been absolutely and that's it's something that is, it is actually, I think, a problem within plant-based communities is this 
orthorexia. And for those of you that are unfamiliar with the term orthorexia, it is actually now categorized as a true eating disorder. It is diagnosable and it is an obsession with eating the healthiest foods and the quote unquote cleanest foods and a fear of anything that you might perceive as processed or toxic or dirty or all these words that mean nothing but to somebody who is sick and orthorexia as i just said it is a mental illness um a lot of times in the plant-based communities and hear me out i said plant-based communities not the vegan communities in a plant-based community um orthorexia is kind of held up on a pedestal and the more orthorexic you can become Um, the more you're looked up to. And when I look at these folks on this list here and the habits that they were doing, every single one of them um, was, in my opinion, suffering from some kind of orthorexia. So we're just glorifying and glamorizing an eating disorder, orthorexia, and blaming a vegan diet. And it is not a vegan diet, it is the orthorexia. It is the exclusion of everything. And you know, some of these people who claim that they have vitamin and mineral deficiencies, um, I believe Bonnie, Rebecca, um, and her boyfriend said they had vitamin and mineral deficiencies. So many people said, oh, here's a vegan supplement that you can, you know, take this vegan supplement to fix that. And they said, no, I don't wanna take a supplement like when I can get it from food in the form of eggs or salmon or whatever. So it was never about being vegan because if there's a vegan option to fix the issue via a vegan supplement or maybe a certain food that they deem is too processed, like tofu, if you could eat tofu and fix this problem, but you're like, no, I perceive this tofu as bad, I would rather eat eggs, then you were never vegan in the first place. You were a plant-based eater struggling with orthorexia. And not only do you probably need to talk to a dietitian, um, but you probably need to talk to a mental health professional as well. But we just sort of feed this, this mental illness um, by, by uh, rewarding them with views and clicks and likes and comments. And then it become, this type of living becomes associated with veganism in many people's mind. And at the end of the day, all this does is make people want to avoid being vegan and who pays for that? The animals. So, and that's all that a vegan lifestyle, a true vegan lifestyle has ever aimed to lessen is that animal suffering. So, yeah. If this seems like a really preachy episode for you guys, uh, I apologize. It's obviously different than what we normally do. But at the end of the day, like this is exactly what we stand for. This is, I think, one of my personal issues with our work within the vegan community. You know, and and where I feel like you and I do a good job taking a stand for what we believe in, which is balance. You know, it's uh, it's not uh, I'll say it's not um. You can't sell balance the same way you can sell extremism, and not like sell for money, but like sell the idea, sell the appeal. Correct, and 
this is where I think image and selling an idea and uh, what we reward as a community becomes an issue, you know, because how many times, and this is not like a name calling kind of thing, how many times do I speak to colleagues of mine and friends of mine and I see how they eat and I know them personally and I know that what the what they're promoting out there to get clicks or likes or just to promote the idea itself because they're passionate about getting people to come over to the vegan uh, side of things that they will only post specific images and only talk about a specific way of eating that they don't even follow you know and like I said this is not like a here's looking at you kind of uh, statement it's just matter of fact uh, people are afraid to to put themselves out there in a way that isn't necessarily going to increase their appeal um, to their audience and isn't necessarily going to grow their audience there should be more just being real in other words you know you're, you're posting a meal that you chow down on saying once in a great while and it's it's at a say a vegan fast food joint for example you know and uh, and you're like, all right, well, this is just some random thing I do. Well, if it's something you're doing a couple times a month, then just talk about how that's there's nothing wrong with that, and it's a sensible part of your diet. You don't have to you don't have to glorify everything you do. You don't have to glorify the you know eating nothing but but fruits and vegetables. You don't have to glorify eating nothing but uh, but uh, vegan comfort food. You can just talk about how it's okay to do both, and that's perfectly but healthy. But it's it's not even just okay to do both. You know, like. The people who are excluding tons and tons of plant-based foods, they're obviously doing the community a disservice, which is what I take the most gripe with because like, it's your body, you do what you want with it. Um, but they're doing themselves a disservice as well by cutting out all of these foods. So you're talking about like people post pictures of like, oh, I'm just eating fruits and vegetables. Like that's the only way the community will kind of accept it, which I do think has changed a lot over the last few years. I'm very grateful for that. But I actually think that if somebody were to eat like that all the time, they would end up not feeling their best because that is not the most balanced thing in the world. And I think it's actually better. Not like, oh, cut me some slack if I have a veggie burger sometimes. I'm saying it's actually better for you to have a veggie burger sometimes than to just eat nothing but fruits and vegetables. Yeah, absolutely. Have some have conviction in your choices. Feel good about what you eat. There's no reason to feel shame when you don't eat, when you eat a certain way most of the time, and then other times you just feel like, I don't know, having some something else to enjoy. Like you know, food is meant to be enjoyed. But at the end of the day, I guess what we just want to get across is if you're seeing all of this and you're like getting down on it. First of all, if you've been vegan for a long time and you're doing pretty well. Now's a good time to speak up about it, I think. We need more of that. Um, but also be a little bit judicial about who you're following and who you're watching um, and whose veganism, quote unquote, you're celebrating. Like oftentimes, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. Pay attention to the behaviors and patterns of really big name people because a lot of really big name people get that way by doing like some shady weird extreme stuff like that's literally how people get clicks on the internet like Giacomo said balance is a hard idea to sell but if we could like as a community stop celebrating orthorexia for one 
and two, stop associating orthorexia with veganism and calling orthorexia veganism. Um, I think that as a human race, we could probably all do better um, in that regard. But the fact that the, I mean, <laughs> I guess I could end on this note. Tim Sheaf, one of the things that he did before he stopped being vegan, um, and his reason was because he like woke up stiff, like he would wake up with aches and pains and he was like, this just ain't right, man. And I'd want to be like, that's just part of getting older, friend. Um, but one of the things he tried, if you think that we're just being too hard on these people for their water fasts and their juice cleanses, um, is that he tried urine therapy, which is actually drinking your own urine. So, you know, if you're, if you're thinking that drinking your own urine has anything to do with veganism, you know, Stop, just stop and reconsider what it is that we're that that we're looking up to, and know that if these folks failed at their veganism, it wasn't because of veganism. It's because they did really ridiculous stuff. And just remember that the not like outside of the vegan community, there everywhere you turn people are going to try to blow holes in what you do. Mm -hmm. And when stuff like this happens, you're going to have people shouting out from the top of the mountain, see, I told you so. Like, this vegan thing is, is bad, it doesn't work, and look what these people are promoting. Like, But hey, that's going to happen regardless. No matter where you turn, no matter you're going to have, it's going to be a part of your everyday life. You're going to hear it in conversations from family and friends. You're going to see it from, from other big names who aren't vegan. Like, I think that's just the the I think that's just human nature. The nature of going against the grain. You know what people I mean? don't like it. Yeah. And and people are gonna try to relate to you and when they can't relate to you, they're going to point out the differences. And I think that's just part of being a, a, a human being, honestly. I don't see anything wrong with that. And I don't see there's a need to like try to feel defensive of, defensive about your veganism or or too upset about others. Who are or being like, yeah, look at all these big names that that were vegan and they're not now. Your diet sucks or your lifestyle sucks, I should say. Um, I don't I don't see it that way, honestly, because I, I think that's just you're just you. It's just gonna happen regardless. <laughs> yeah, and I guess if nothing else, I mean this lesson kind of teaches us, you know, that while it's okay to be a welcoming community and to uh, to celebrate others who are plant-based that you know we just we just have to be aware and be careful that just because someone has is a big name and they're and they're using a word that they feel is trendy right because i think veganism you know <laughs> it is actually trendy right now mm -hmm. which is kind of cool it is sense. cool yeah you know but it's also but it's dangerous. not it is cool but it's not a trend yeah <laughs> it's dangerous because people are going to kind of jump on that trend just to say they are doing it and they're not so just you know be aware of that like enjoy the trend ride the wave but also don't get swept up in it one of the most common questions our listeners ask us is where we like to do our research in this day and age we're hit in the face by information everywhere we turn so it's important to be selective about what content you choose to consume with your time to make sure it's time well spent our Ace in the Hole is a monthly publication called Mass, or Monthly Application in Strength Sports. Each month, we receive the latest issue of Mass with articles that are specifically curated for strength sport athletes, coaches, and fitness enthusiasts in a consumable, 
easy to digest format. Greg Knuckles, Eric Helms, and Mike Zordos are not only leaders in the industry, they have committed their careers to sifting through thousands of studies and journals on the latest in fitness science to find the most relevant cutting-edge info so you don't have to. If there was only one research source you could spend your time and energy reading to keep up with the evidence-based fitness world, in our opinion, it would be mass. Learn more about how to subscribe to their monthly digest at bit.ly forward slash vpmass. And that link will also be in the show notes, so should you want to keep on listening and check it out later, you can. If there's only one thing we have learned, it's to never stop learning. Hope you find our secret weapon as useful as we do. This is a great question. Uh, All right, moving on to questions. Giacomo, what are your top five habits outside of the gym that have had a positive impact on your training? On my training. All right. Top five habits. Number one is indefinitely keeping a training journal inside and outside of the gym, which leads me into my number two top habit, which would be visualization. After I have my training journal, I base my next workout on beating my book for my last workout. And then I write in my what I think my working weights are going to be uh, the next time around and I look at the workouts, I look at the workout and I essentially visualize myself going through it the day before or even like on the bench before I get up and go into the gym. What am I doing? How am I about to do it? Visualization literally can light up your muscles without even training them, believe it or not. Habit number three, pre and post workout nutrition for sure. It, making nutrient dense choices and going and making sure I'm getting in like a, a good balanced meal before and after training, which means a nice amount of protein, um, but also going a little lower in the fat so that I can use my food. My food's more readily available, basically, pre and post training. So I shouldn't say like balanced per se, but lower on the fat and just getting in a nice healthy meal before and after training would be number three. Number four, sleep. Hands down. Do, do me a favor and like pay attention to your workout one day when you're short on sleep and, and versus another day when you've gotten adequate sleep. I, I, you know, I promise you when you're getting better sleep, your workouts are going to be better. You can literally, the, the weight can literally feel markedly heavier, the same working weight from one week to the next based on how much sleep you've had. Hydration. Hydration is number five. Is that number five, Danny? I saw yep, you had your five. hand up. That was mm-hmm. five? All right. <laughs> five is hydration because when you're dehydrated, you're just like your your blood is just not transporting oxygen through your body um, as well as it could be. And that only doesn't only affect brain function. It affects how you perform in the gym. All right. Next questions from the IGs from at happy in your health. And they ask, how do you gain muscle? without using machines in the gym. In other words, we're using dumbbells only. I can't read it. I wrote it. What does that shorthand say? Dumbbells only. Oh, and her hands give up before her legs do. So first of all, in any situation where your hands, your grip strength gives out before your legs do when you're training legs. Uh, so like a Romanian dumbbell, Romanian deadlift, I highly, highly, highly recommend straps. Any kind of straps. You can get cheap straps for like 10 or 12 bucks um, on Amazon or my absolute favorite lifting straps. I've mentioned them a million times on here at VersaGrips, 100%. Um, Okay, gaining muscle with just dumbbells. 
So first of all, you have to make sure that you have heavy enough dumbbells. Uh, I have a lot of people come to me and say, I have a home gym, I have access to dumbbells. And what they have is like a set of eight pounds and a set of 15 pounds. And that is almost definitely not gonna be enough. Uh, so you wanna make sure that you have enough dumbbells or heavy enough dumbbells to challenge your lower body. I think that's really important. Um, but then you wanna focus on compound movements. So if it's just dumbbells, I would suggest having a goblet squat, a dumbbell deadlift or a dumbbell Romanian deadlift or a dumbbell hip thrust, those would work, um, a bent over dumbbell row or a one-arm dumbbell row, an overhead press, those would be the big ones and some kind of pull-up, which you wouldn't need a dumbbell for. Um, that would be super important, making sure that you're lifting in anywhere from like a five to 15 rep range. Doesn't have to be super specific, but somewhere in there um, and hitting every muscle group one to two times a week. Uh, if it's the lower body, I would say two times a week, but in the upper body, one to two times, depending on how quickly you recover. But the number one thing to gaining muscle is actually not gonna have anything to do with lifting in the gym. It's gonna have to do with eating enough. You need to make sure that you're eating at least at maintenance if you're a new lifter. And if you've been training for more than six months, I would say making sure that you're eating at least like 200 to 300 calories above maintenance. Um, muscle is a tissue and we know that you can't just like create matter out of nothing. So you need to be eating a surplus of calories to build muscle tissue. So yeah, I think you can actually do a lot with a bench, a pull-up bar and dumbbells as long as they go heavy enough. All right, and that concludes another episode of Vegan Protein's Muscles by Brussels Radio. Feel free to t stay in touch with us on the social medias. We're on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, all the social medias. Feel free to shoot us a message wherever. We always love hearing from you and we love your feedback. Let us know what you want us to talk about. Once again, my name is Giacomo. And I'm Danny. And we'll talk to you soon.